0: It's time to kick off with Dirt and Spray.
1: The Philadelphia Eagles are going to the Super Bowl again. And Nick Sirianni in his second season has taken this team to the
0: final game of the season. Go! This game is over! You can't doubt the Chiefs! You can dislike the Chiefs! You can disrespect the Chiefs! You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs! This is a Super Week edition of Dirt and Spray. Brought to you by George McCoy at Warren Allen Attorneys at Law. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at warrenallen.com. Super Week with Dirt and Spray on 1080. I still haven't processed
1: it. I still can't believe it. The Fan.
0: All
2: right, 6:02 in the Rose City. Time for Dirt and Sprague on Portland Sports Leader 1080. The Van. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there. To all who observe, how we doing?
0: Dylan, does it feel like Super Bowl week yet? We had media day last night. Hey. Are we there yet? Are we still stuck in in NBA? I'm I'm in a weird place. Uh,
2: let's address this. I'm I'm kind of glad you brought this up. I'm in a weird spot as a sports fan. I'm in this position just about every year, unless like your team's in it. Right. It's such a long layoff with the two week thing, and I know Media Day was yesterday. We've got a lot of audio we're going to get to today. I watched uh you know the highlights of it this game doesn't ever really hit me until like Saturday night. Yeah. I tend to agree with you. Actually, sometimes even Sunday morning. Yeah. As I'm like
1: waking up, I always love watching the waste management final round. Yep. And that kind of leads into the super, but you always know it's like looming in the background. Here it comes. It's coming. Super is just that. It doesn't hit me until Sunday morning when I wake up. Isn't that weird? It's very weird. And this is, I, I know that some people disagree with me on this. I'm like, I'm, beyond excited for this game
2: oh i think it's gonna be a great oh, match it's one of the lowest fantastic. point totals
1: in super or not uh point spreads spread. in super bowl history lowest there's only like three or four like closest point spreads in super bowl history oh oh oh, god because it's only a point and a half there's only like three or four games all time in super bowl history that have been a closer spread than what this one is on sunday i thought you were talking about the total points i'm like i said 51 hey back in the 60s they slung it around all right over unders are like 89 back then Johnny Unitas Uh, couldn't stop him.
2: But to answer your question, like, I'm a little bit into the NBA trade deadline stuff. I've listened to a lot. Um, I've gotten my football itch, and I'll explain that coming up at 615 today. There you go. But the game specifically, I am excited for it. We'll start breaking it down day by day the rest of the week. But it doesn't really, like, register with me until I'm in the weekend and it's like, oh, I got 10 people coming to my house on Sunday. I should probably get my house in order and (laughs) start preparing all the food and get ready. And then, boom, it's Sunday. And you're like,
0: all right, here we go. Well, as you guys are preparing for your uh, whatever festivities you go to, if you're having a crowd, I'm hosting.
2: I don't go anywhere for the
0: season. There you go. And I don't know, Dirt, if you're just. I watch
2: by myself. I lock myself in
1: a room and I don't talk to anybody. Well, maybe your parents will call you. Maybe your dad (laughs) will call. no, No, I'm not answering the
0: phone. No. Well, you should you guys should be getting a little pomp and circumstance. You should puff your chest out a little bit cuz I noticed this morning in my inbox hmm. from the Barrett Media Group. <laughs> oh my god. The top 20 mid-market shows were released. Man, we made it. <laughs> out of 47 shows.
1: Hey, look at that. 47? In the mid
0: markets there That's you guys amazing. are at 17. Hey, how about that?
1: Hey, a a fitting way
0: to, to start
1: the show this morning Shag, congratulating us by the way thank you thank yes. you uh, people are telling us we're not on the air this morning so somebody also tweeted us an hour ago station sounds like crap. So, uh, All right just want to throw that one out there see
2: what's going on i guess maybe we're on the app i don't i don't know also uh if you're if you're going to congratulate us on I we don't even get an award for this, by the way. We it's, should. I want a major award out of this thing. Give me a piece of paper. Yeah, you know, make okay, yeah. me feel like it's an award, but it's kind of just really. I don't know. A piece maybe. Well, they
0: got cool little graphics. Maybe I can isolate yours and <laughs> print it out. We can frame something. You were right in between Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Oh, suck it from Jen, ninety-four Gabe and Chewy. five ESPN Milwaukee. That
1: show sucks. I'm just kidding. I don't know those people. <laughs>
0: And you're right ahead of the drill in Jacksonville. You damn right. right we are on ten forty XL. <laughs> Blow the whistle. <laughs> We got a tweet last night. Is this the first time we made made the <laughs> no, list? No,
2: I think we made it when we were noon to three. We used to
0: regularly
1: beat our competitor, yet he would be ranked higher than us. And uh, yeah. so for that reason, yeah. we
2: don't take this list very seriously. Yeah, we, I mean. But I, we are very appreciative. I, I don't <laughs> talk about these things often. i more just say thank you to the audience for making the fan number one. and
0: Exactly. Like, and you guys are great. You What the last. Eight, nine months of... Uh, Even though
2: sometimes we're not on the air. The text police endure. and, you know, the disagreement of opinion. But I the one thing I push back on, or I, I used to push back on, anybody else notice that since the columnist left and they've since replaced him, Anybody notice that there's not Oregonian sports radio rating articles randomly what written by anonymous staff members? What happened to those? What happened to those? I miss those articles. You know, there'd only be like one or two a year, which was always interesting. We're writing one or two of these a year to brag about a ratings uh, win, but for the other 10 months, we don't need to know what happened in the ratings. No. We used to we used to regularly mop the floor with that dude and beat him into submission so badly and now, I don't even know where he's at. I'm sure he's still getting beat. But we don't get the Oregonian articles anymore. It's, oh, no, it's funny what no. happened to those. I miss those, man. Yeah. Great spotlights on local sports radio. Oh, uh, yeah. they'd the be Twice a year local spotlight. They'd be great. And now, well, you don't get them. Uh, so that's
0: interesting. Huh.
2: And, and uh, he's not beating us anymore. Oh, huh, yeah. it's weird, Ah, huh? He's not in these <laughs> rankings.
0: Well, uh, congratulations, guys.
2: Thank you.
1: Thank you to everybody, mainly to the listeners, for putting up with all of our crap I, I mean, this and way. listening to the show every day. We are on HD2, people are saying. We're on HD2. Oh, there you go. We're on the app.
0: five hd 2
2: But both 910 and 1080 are up. All the right, let me currently. go see
0: if I can uh, figure out what the hell's going on.
2: Yeah, I, I, I also just want to note for the record, this really doesn't mean anything for us. <laughs> you can't use that in your... <laughs> no, uh, I don't get a bonus. No, no, no. no. It'd
1: be cool no. if you did, though. It'd be really cool.
2: Uh, somebody tweeted us, speaking of... Uh, Bad situation. Somebody tweeted us last night. You tweeted a show tease. Okay. And somebody responded. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. We uh-huh. have responses. Give me a second. Is it I the one got that's gotta... kind of
1: gibberish and you can't really read?
2: Because I read that one, too. Uh, yeah, it said. <laughs> it's like it was a compliment and a diss at the same time. I Well, I'm trying to gather what you think they meant. I can't even find this tweet. I think they deleted the tweet because I can't find it. But it was something like, great setting, awesome. God the NBA sucks and I'm like is are you saying our show sucks or the NBA just sucks I viewed that as a as a as a punch to each side it was like a Oh here it is you guys are doing setting awesome I think that was a that was the setting word I believe is a typo well okay so what is what is some the, sort of is it a compliment sort of, to us? But the NBA so.
1: sucks. I think some sort of adjective in there because I had some non-NBA teases in there. There are some college football news and notes, Super Bowl week obviously going on. Like there's other things outside the NBA. I think it was a thank you for not talking all NBA. Gotcha. I I like your show. Okay. But the NBA sucks. Okay. That that was kind of the way that I read it.
2: Hey, this is why we only do Dos Minutos.
1: (laughs) You get your Dos Minutos. That's all you need. Two minutes of blue balls.
2: Two minutes. You just endure the two minutes, and then I'll shut up, and we'll go back to football, okay? (laughs) Don't worry about it. But I appreciate that. Assuming you meant that as a compliment the first half of that. I'm going to take it as a compliment. I'm with you there. I'm going to pump my chest out a little bit on that one. Is it not weird, though, that we... I mean, are we alone? Do you think we're alone on this Super Bowl feel of just... No, I don't think so. I think this is... It's
1: the main issue that I have with... I bring this up every year for the NCAA tournament. Like, you have this great opening weekend, and it's exciting, and you have game after game after game, and it's, oh, my God, everybody's tracking on their brackets. Did you win money or you win the pool still? And then it just shuts down for a week and you got to go change locations and you got to wait. To me, every subsequent week of the NCAA tournament, unless you have a team that is involved or unless you somehow are still alive in your bracket pool that you entered, all of my interest saps for the NCAA tournament. It's an odd feeling on that. I mean, I got to a point a couple of years ago, I remember there was a national title game. I went and played golf instead of watching the damn national championship game. Like that's where my that's where my interest level got like the opening weekend first four days as good as you could get one of the best four days of sporting event in the entire calendar year. Yeah. And then you just you take the week off. I the week off, whatever. I understand it. you want the teams to be healthy and all that. I I still will argue. Tell my dying breath. It makes no sense to not play the Super Bowl on a Saturday night. Why you wouldn't make a Super Bowl Saturday, kick it off at 5 o'clock at night, have it be a big party night, everybody
2: gets a day to be hungover on Sunday. I'd, I'd still go earlier on Saturday. Why, you want to go earlier? That's eight fine. Because o'clock East Coast. Like, I want the That's East totally Coasters fine. to be happy, too. Maybe, maybe a 3. <laughs> 3 o'clock kick's perfect for 3 me. Pacific. That works great. I'll put it in my calendar. And then you know what I get to do on Sunday? Nothing. Golf. <laughs> well, you're going to do nothing. I'm going to go golf. Sure, golf if it's nice <laughs> out. Let's go play golf.
1: It's great. It yeah. doesn't make sense to wait around it because the, the the worst feeling is when the Super Bowl ends, at least for us now is early, early risers. I mean, that game ends at like six 37. You're like, all right, well,
2: what <laughs> time for bed. There's another part. Yeah, that is a weird thing. Um, the other part of that too, is I was thinking about this yesterday. I, I've t- told you guys, like I'm a Niner fan, but like if they lose, I'm whatever. The Eagles are an amazing team. I'm kind of glad the Niners didn't make this. The Super Bowl. Just make the day too stressed out? No, no. It's it, Well, I mean, there's always a little stress when you want a team to win. But, like, Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes, like that just doesn't
0: feel the yeah. same as this Eagles team. No, Jalen Hurts had a really good is, this year. This is a big hmm. boy matchup. This, Two, yeah, one this seeds. one feels like a little I got bit got the better. best offensive line against the best pass rushing defensive line. Yes. We got the best rushing attack against one of the best passing attacks.
1: Yeah. The yeah. only thing that would have weakened it for me is that it's a rematch from a couple of years ago. Oh, that I've, weakens it for you? I like having new teams. And I know Philly won one in, what, 2018? so it's not Yeah, that really was five years ago. A generation. But it's a new, we haven't seen Kansas City and Philly play, right? So it's a new matchup. I I, I will push back slightly, though. I know, because you're a Brock Purdy guy. I'm a Brockmania yeah. guy. <laughs> Brock well, also, I mean, San Francisco has toe-to-toe as good a roster as Philly does. Oh, I don't disagree with Different you. Different strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Philly's offensive line is a little bit better. San Francisco's defense is a little bit better. Like, they have their pluses and minuses. Sure. But I think if San Francisco had won that game, if they had a functioning quarterback for 90% of it instead of 10% of it, I, I think we would be making the same classifications of this game as we are, or if it was San Francisco and, and Kansas City as we are with Philly and Kansas City.
2: I, I, yeah, I, I think the matchup Number is still... Number one defense, Mahomes, who's going to win sure. that matchup? But. There is something, and we'll get to this because we, we got some audio we got to get to today. I'm actually start the show today with audio. There is something to be said for when you get a quarterback matchup in name just by itself alone uh-huh. can really do it for you. And then you add the level of player. There's a little more there (laughs) for Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes than there is for me Brock Purdy and Patrick Mahomes. And that's totally fair. I get that. Hurts has had a really good year. The the storyline that's
1: going to bother me the most out of this game is if Philadelphia is to win, the pedestal that it'll put Jalen Hurts on. Because that's what we do in the NFL. What if he has a great game, though? Like, what if he sure. throws for 330 and two tutties? That would change things a little bit, sure. But if he plays the way that he's played so far in the playoffs, and they win by running the football, and he's like 11 for 23 for 140 yards and a touchdown and a pick, but has like 40 yards on the ground, and they win a game because their defensive line gets after Mahomes who can't move very well, sure. and it's like 24 to 14 your final. He he is going to be put into a conversation that he does not belong in, and that's going to really that's going to really grind my gears.
2: Well, we got a busy show today. We do have a lot of NFL to get to. We got some college football notes as Dirt uh, uh, made note there in the opening segment. Bobby Marks of ESPN. We finally got him. Swagard tracked him down. Said I've been trying for two weeks. Actually, it worked out perfectly because we got him NBA trade deadline week. He'll join us at 7.30 for the Daily Ticker. Somebody tweeted us last night, is this the right marks? Yeah, we got it right this time. (laughs) Yeah, you didn't screw that one up (laughs) I didn't screw this one, no. Uh, It's body. We got the mail sack to get to at 8.15, so any and all questions are welcome at the fan text line, 503-250-1080. Get those mail sack questions in. As I mentioned, we got a lot of audio uh, to get to today, and of course, we will talk about Boy oh boy, how far away the Blazers feel from title contention after last night. That
1: was a bit of an Oregon, Georgia
2: vibe, wasn't it? Like Oh, oh cr- God, <laughs> that's how far we gotta go. <laughs> We're a mile away. It's a very good comp. It did <laughs> feel like Grand that way. Canyon between our two teams. <laughs> but let's get it going. I wanna start a blast from the past and a ripping of the now. That's next. Dirt and spray. Good morning. Happy Tuesday on the fam. I have a uh, I have an agreement with our boss Monday. not to go too ham. HAM is uh, an acronym for hard as a mother lover. So I won't, but I would just say I do apologize for what I just heard our signal sounds like right now. We sound like a couple of gremlins on the air. It, it's, it's basically just static. Okay. You, you can't even really hear voices. It's just robotic static. And so like, I'd like to apologize for that, for the app listeners, for people that have switched from the radio to the app. Or they've switched to the H D two signal. Never switch from the H D two signal, by the way. It's the best one. Yes, it sounds glorious. Uh we are we are efforting to get it fixed. Um more egg on our face. Uh, let's get to a blast from the past. I don't know what you did yesterday, but I got home, my kids didn't have school, and I said, you know yesterday off? Yeah, they've new report cards, so they had Friday, uh, Monday uh, off. Okay. So I get four day weekend. Wow. Yeah. Hey man. Kids are living good. I'm okay. Let the teachers have some days. Yeah, there's uh, Having those kids that long is crazy. But um, so I get home, my kids are home, and I I was like, you know what? I know they're home. I've made a decision of what I'm doing today after the show. And I'm not going to stop. And I didn't. I sat on my couch, and I put on the ESPN 30 for 30 (laughs) of the Bullies of Baltimore, the 2,000 Ravens, the 2,000 Ravens. And I will say, really worth it. Like that was, good, huh? I'm, I'm not telling you it's last dance or anything, but, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Because that team was really cool. That team was unique. I remember being a lot younger, but, you know, I knew the Ray Lewis murder thing had happened. I remember hearing about that the previous year during the Super Bowl, and I was like, whoa, did this guy kill somebody? And then the very next year after he was, you know, is basically acquitted of the charges, he's the league MVP, basically, and then won Super Bowl MVP. And it's the most dominant defense in my opinion, and NFL history, they gave up ten point six points per game. It's insane. Uh they went five weeks without scoring a touchdown as well. So it's like a balance of the greatest defense we've ever seen with maybe the worst offense in league history as well. <laughs> and it was just a really cool look at Brian Billick. They filmed this, so they did like a big reunion. It's the setting is bring the team together. It's the in main a big auditorium or something. Big auditorium. It was a show so fans could come and watch. It was Shannon Sharp, Ray Lewis. Uh, Trent Dilfer was there. Tony Saragusa. They did this the month before he died. How about the timing on that? Because I saw he was in the documentary, and I was wondering when they filmed he, it. He's prominent. He's probably... He might be the biggest character in the documentary. His personality... You could argue he was a big... I mean, Sharp was a pretty big character, too, but the Goose was as, as big as you could get. Goose was almost a bigger character yep. than, than Shannon Sharp, and that's saying a lot. And Goose is great in this, by the way. I always wonder... Why did we not get that goose on my television? We got like the rated G version of goose on the sidelines, and I never thought it was very good. But he's great in this, man. And I, if you haven't seen it and you remember that team, one, how violent the NFL used to be. A little bit of a different league. Dear God. And two, just a one of the more dominant single seasons we may ever see in that league's history. They won a Super Bowl, and I know what you're going to get to in a moment. They won a Super Bowl with Trent Dofer as their quarterback. Do you know what Trent Dilfer's numbers were that year? Actually, they won a Super Bowl by starting Tony Banks sure. and didn't even sub Trent Dilfer in until, like, week seven. <laughs> sure. You know what Trent Dilfer's numbers were at the end of that year? Uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but they were pretty bad. He threw 12 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Yeah.
1: I'm Like, what's the equivalent of that quarterback now in the NFL? Like, you, you, I, as much as I dislike Jimmy Garoppolo and the praise that he has gotten, Jimmy Garoppolo is far better than that. Like the, the equivalent of barely throwing more t- like That would have been like Marcus Mariota in his fourth year in Tennessee mm. winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, when he threw like m- that, more picks
2: than <laughs> that touchdowns. Sequ-
1: that's how dominant that defense was. And there's only, what, maybe three or four of those in NFL history that you could look at and say, dear God, their quarterback was more of a liability than he was somebody that was going to help you win. But the defense was so talented that it, w- it, it didn't matter how bad your quarterback was. The
2: crazy thing, I was trying to think of this, and then we'll get to the audio. The Niners, I believe, this year, if I'm not mistaken, gave up 16 points per game. Now, they also play an extra game than when the Ravens did. Yeah, and that
1: extra game, was they had a Raiders game at the end of the year that they gave up a ton of points.
2: Yeah, it was like a 30 to something, you know, type of game. Is 16 close? I'm not saying, uh, to me personally, I don't think this Niners defense was that Ravens defense. So I don't want to misconstrue what I'm trying to ask here. Mm Mm-hmm. But is 16 points per game as close as we'll get a defense in this National Football League? Probably. What did this? What did the Legion of Boom give up when they at the end of the year? I, I imagine it,
1: it wasn't 16. No, I well because I remember they were dominant, but I don't remember the numbers being quite equivalent to like 85 Bears or the Ravens or the Bucks who. who one in somewhat similar circumstances. I, the, the the Niners' numbers, you could maybe try and make an argument there. Their secondary had some holes, though. And
2: 17-2 think... was their exact okay. number, so I was a little off on that. But, cl- I mean, pretty close, sure, 17-2. You're,
1: you're right there. I mean, and, and the number of teams that have given up less than 20 points per game in the modern
2: NFL, very, very small. Seattle gave up 14-6, the Legion of Boom Super Bowl season. Carolina, 15-5. What Carol which Carolina team? The 15 and 1 team? Uh no, that this was 2013. This was that team going in. They were ah, building towards that. okay. This was the uh who were the linebackers? Uh Davis and Keekley. Aha. That was like the start of that defense. Niners that year coincidentally 17.1, oh, which is. is speaks to the NFC Championship game we got that year in Seattle. Yeah, the two best teams you could argue in the NFL. But I asked that because it was such a different league in a different time that sometimes you get the old fuddy-duddies And Trent Delfer, in this piece, this went viral yesterday, but I saw this in the piece, had this to say on the stage.
0: Modern-day game does not impress me. It's super easy when you don't get hit as a quarterback and when you can't reroute receivers and when you can't hit guys across the middle. I love Tom Brady. I love Aaron Rodgers. I love these guys. It's not impressive. What's impressive is what they did.
2: So I saw the whole thing. I I might have a different opinion than you on this. Okay. But when you, I'm assuming you saw this on Twitter. I did see this on Twitter. And I'm if I'm correct, if I'm guessing correctly, you haven't watched this yet. The boys I of not, Baltimore. I have not watched the documentary okay. yet. Okay. No. Uh, we might not talk about it again. I'd still advise watching it. It's a, it's a lot it of out. fun. It's a good yeah. throwback. You're like, oh yeah. And you see this the screen looks all grady. What are your thoughts when you hear him say that? Look, I. <sighs> I have two different takes on this. One
1: is his larger sentiment is right. It is much easier to be a quarterback in the modern game than it used to be. You can't hit guys. You can't fall on them. You can't touch them. You can't breathe on them in the pocket. Secondaries have every rule in the book going against them to where they can't touch guys. There's illegal contact, automatic first downs. Like Everything in the modern game is designed to... Help the offense score more points because that's ultimately what fans want. We want elite quarterbacks and we want a lot of points. So his larger point is correct. the the the, the part of it that loses me a little bit is saying like guys like Patrick Mahomes like you, you can't watch that and be in awe. That doesn't impress you. Like, what are you you talking about, Trent Dilfer? You were an average quarterback at best in your career in the NFL. I think part of this is the messenger of who it's coming from. I think this carries a little more weight if it came from a Dan Marino, if it came from a Joe Montana. Like, if Marino did a sit-down and said, you know what, this is kind of screwed up that all my records are getting broken. I was the most prolific passer in NFL history, and I had to do it in an era in which it was far more difficult to do, like— To me, that argument would carry a little bit of water. But when a guy like Trent Dofer comes out, who was only relevant as an NFL player in a year in which he threw 12 touchdowns and 11 interceptions because he was carried to a Super Bowl by one of, if not the greatest defense in NFL history. Like, that's the only reason we largely remember Trent Dofer's name as a player. If not, he'd just be another one of those random backup, you know, journeyman quarterbacks. You're like, who did he play for again? We remembered Trent Dofer because of that defense. You, You lose water to me with the argument coming from a guy like
2: that. So... There's there's a little context here. Um I like Dilfer. I think Dilfer is really good in the media. I think he has been for some time. He's now college football coach. Yes, he is. I want to be fair though. Dilfer probably more than any former player criticizes himself all the time. Like he in this documentary he's like he tells you on the stage, "I wasn't very good. I wasn't very athletic." He, there's a pick six they threw in Tennessee during the regular season, and it damn near cost them the game. They have a comeback drive. They win the game. But they, they show the pick, and he's on the stage, and he's like, it's the worst throw you could have ever made. It was stupid. It's one of the worst throws I ever threw in my career. And he just talks about this. When he said what he said there, I would imagine he's going to backtrack some of that. I don't think he's trying to say he doesn't think they're good or all-time great. I think he's caught up on the stage with Tony Saragusa, Rod Woodson, Shannon Sharp, Ray Lewis. He's looking around and he goes, what, are the, what, do I, what do I have in common with these guys? Almost nothing other than we shared a magical run in a season. I think he's kind of playing to the moment. Again, I'm not defending the downtrodden nature of Rodgers Brady comment there, but I watched this man and he's not wrong in a lot of ways. Tony Saragusa ended Rich Gannon's season in the AFC Championship game by lifting his arm up and then putting all 340 pounds of his weight (laughs) on his shoulder and his collarbone and got him out of the game very Brock Purdy-ish. First possession, he gone. AFC Championship game was a wrap after that. That call would have, and Brian Billick says this, would have gotten Tony Saragusa ejected, and he would have sustained a massive fine. So it's a nice look into what the NFL used to be, but I know this clip has gone viral and many people are going to play it today. I just think it's Guy caught up in moment trying to praise and compliment an all-time elite defense. He just worded this wrong, and I would imagine he's going to send out some kind of statement (laughs) saying, of course those guys are great. I think what he just means is the physical nature of football now versus what it was, and there's no argument here, is a it's a different world.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not even a Brady guy, but to say winning seven Super Bowls isn't impressive. It's just, you're you're, you're losing a bit of the argument right out of the gate. He, he's, he's not impressed by now. Tom Brady. <laughs> like, okay, okay, all right, that's a bold one to make. The the funny thing about this for me is I can't wait for this, uh, this argument to be flipped. I can't wait for a modern NFL defense to come out and say, you know, we, we're better than the 2000 Ravens, but they had all the rules benefit them. Well, the Ravens did this. They were like, we're better than the Bears. Sure. They were doing that game. Well, they were doing that game, but the rules weren't that drastically different from, well, maybe they were, but I don't remember firmly from 1985 until 2000. But the rules drastically are different from 2000. to where they are now. And I would love for a defense to flip this because you hear this all the time from quarterbacks about how tough it used to be to be a quarterback. You're not wrong. But also we get to crown these past defenses for being able to play a certain way that modern defenses can't play. Like your point, are the 49ers in the same conversation? Like, no, probably not. But if you allow them to play with the same set of rules as the 2000 Ravens, are they? Maybe they
2: are, because the game is completely different. I just... That Seahawks defense might have been.
1: Might have been. With the pass rush they had, those dudes in the secondary, if they had the ability to hit the way that you did 20 years ago, to just lay guys out with not caring about flags or penalties or fines or suspensions, none of that stuff coming in the back of your mind. Like, the the game has changed. I think it's really hard to compare eras, and this is why, uh, for the most part, it's good to have different, you know, goats from different times, whenever we have that dumb conversation. Like, Dan Rovlosky left Joe Montana off of his top five quarterback list last week, Everybody freaked out because he didn't have Joe Montana's top list. It's just a dumb segment to begin with, but it's why you should really look at different eras, different decades, different generations, because the game is drastically different, and we don't know how guys like Joe Montana would have fit in this modern era, and we don't know how guys like Aaron Rodgers would have fit in the 1970s or the 1980s or the 1990s when you could decapitate people and it
2: wasn't a 15-yard penalty. Uh, Sarah Goose, uh, final point. Sarah Goose is pretty funny in this. He is a clip, throwback clip, where he's at a radio station uh, rally, and he's talking to the crowd. And Phil sims made comments after his Rich Gannon hit that he shouldn't have put all his weight. That's what hurt him. And he says to the crowd on the air, "Hey Phil, my wife lets me on her once a week, and she ain't complaining." <laughs> <laughs> I just... Goose was great, man. That's yeah, well done. Goose unfiltered was amazing. Well Go watch it. The bullies of Baltimore. Uh, you mentioned a all-time legend quarterback. Something happened yesterday that made me quite happy, and admittedly, I might even teared up a little bit because I'm an emotional little bitch.
0: Well, yesterday,
2: I didn't think an NFL audio clip would get me emotional, and yet it did. How about that? That's what made you cry. I know it did. I had my first therapy session yesterday. How'd it go? Did you talk about your issues? Uh, a little bit. It's, yeah. It was still more like you have a... Consultation over Zoom, and then they say, "Do you oh. want to do Zoom or do you want to do in person?" I, I chose in person, so I went to the office right after the show, and it was kind of another follow-up consultation, trying to sort like things I want to address, people I want to talk about. Did you go chair or lay down? Uh, it was a couch, but I sat. Okay, yeah, I didn't uh, lay down. Okay, there was no advising of laying down. I've always wanted to do one of those therapy sessions, the lay down, the lay down ones. I would fall asleep. You think so? Yeah. I'm talking I can... about your issues, just looking up at the ceiling. I could see myself like she talks for 10 minutes and I pass out. (laughs) I can fall asleep that quick. What was that? Sorry. What happened? There were tissues next to me. What
1: happened in my childhood? Could you repeat that, please?
2: So maybe me going to therapy kind of tells you all you need to know that I got emotional. (laughs) And what I got emotional over was this clip from the Let's Go podcast. And, you know, just
1: the greatest player, the greatest career, uh, the great, great person, uh, it's such an an opportunity and an honor for me to, you know, to coach Tom. And, uh, I I guess, I guess it's got in at some point, um, you know, but it, it, it's the greatest one ever. So congratulations,
0: Tom. Appreciate it. Tom, what did Bill do to bring out the best in you? I think it's more, what did he not do to bring out the best in me?
2: You hear that? <laughs> We're hearing the choke up, aren't we? Well, yeah, oh, yeah, he's Come crying. On. He's crying. He just went, Michael Scott,
1: what, what, what are your strengths? I don't know I tell you my weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> I work too hard. My
2: My weaknesses are my strengths. <laughs>
1: what did he do? It's more like, what didn't he do? Oh, I mean, good
2: one, Tom. Look, I we can make fun of this because I was sitting there <laughs> laughing like, why am I getting emotional over this? But I said this when he released a statement. I didn't like that he didn't give Bill yeah. a shout out. I, I don't know what it is about it. But there's something about all-time great partnerships, and and whether it's sports or other avenues of life, I like to know for some reason there's an element of my personality type that appreciates and likes when, when, when people end on good notes. And him appearing on that yesterday surprised a lot of people because the reports were they hated each other. I actually never bought that. Uh, you check the tape. I was on the show. I was like, I don't think this is as bad as people make it seem. It's remarkably a really good listen. I'm not, I don't usually advocate to listen to the let's go podcast. I was going to clip that. And I did. And then I kept listening. I listened for 20 more minutes. Mm. It's really good back and forth between both of them and how they viewed their partnership. But yes, I got emotional yesterday because Tom Brady (laughs) cried because Bill Belichick called him the goat.
1: (laughs) Hey, look, Rudy makes me cry. So we all cry at stupid things from time to time. I did actually end up checking a a bit of this out because there was some good stuff. You don't get unfiltered... In you know long form, Bill Belichick very often no, especially easy going, just Bill kind Belichick, of relaxed yeah. talking football, his relationship with Tom Brady, like it's a that is an outlier. You Usually get we're on we're on a Cincinnati like that. That's the Bill Belichick that we that we know and love. And so to get a different version of him, he had a long answer on what made Tom Brady great, and he went that into, was a good answer. Went into depth about how you know he he saw the game through the quarterback's eyes. I've never seen the game through the quarterback's eyes. I see it from a coach's eyes, and he would point out things defensively, like I just stuff like that. What to me was fascinating. So. The there was a lot I thought you could you could take from this. I also think for Tom, to a certain extent, and this might sound dumb, but I think the last two years were a reminder that maybe the grass could be greener on the other side of the fence because he didn't win a Super Bowl in his first year in Tampa, and that was a big one for him to win without Belichick. I also think the last two years he desperately missed Bill Belichick. I think he realized... Just what? what yeah. yeah, everything that was going on inside that organization that he walked away from. And again, he got the one trophy, but the last two years did not go well. His coaching situation was not very good. Todd Bowles from Bill Belichick, like that's as big of a drop off as you could have. Leftwich wasn't a good OC, and so I, I think he learned in those last two years that he, he missed it. I think there was a, a a longing for each other. And Belichick, I sure as hell know misses him because he can't win a big game with Mac Jones as his quarterback.
2: I was going to ask you that too. Like, didn't you get the idea that he misses Tom Brady? Of course he does he's been in the playoffs once and they got smoked by buffalo and there's no hope on the horizon i mean you're gonna be a, they're in purgatory with mac jones a quarterback by the way that once was like oh you're the seven seed like were you, they the bottom seed? i don't know if they were six or seven but it, you know, they were
1: one of the bottom we seats. didn't
2: take them seriously no. it wasn't you know it was kind of a you backed into the playoff thing it was one of the worst playoff games of the last 10 years it was absolutely i think buffalo scored touchdowns on their first seven possessions of the game I I was embarrassed. I was listening to this in my bed. And my wife goes, "Are you getting emotional?" I was like, "I kind of am." And I, I'm not even a Patriot fan. You're a Tom guy though. You've always been a Brady guy. I, I think you can appreciate. I I always understood your position because I think a lot of people with you. 20 years is a it's a hell of a run of dominance, and it I get it. It can be very tiring. It's the same team, same story. But I also like. I don't want to ever take the greatness in any sport for granted. You know, the, what the Warriors did even. Like, I hated the Kevin Durant thing, but for them to win the championship last year, I mean, that's why I was talking about Steph Curry and where we kind of re-rank him mm-hmm. in the pantheon of great NBA players. He's he's so un, it's the, In the same way that people say LeBron is not a scorer, which, by the way, J.J. Redick just eviscerated that, that comment. <laughs> we kind of do that to Steph Curry with all-time great players because how many all-time great players, like top 10 all-time great players, Dirt are under 6'3". Not many of them. Right? If so any of them. He, he just, he does it differently. Like, the way that LeBron can't really shoot, but he's just a bully and he's big and he can dribble and he's an all-time gifted talent, he scores. But it's not scoring in the traditional sense. We're not, we're used to Michael at the elbow, or we're used to Tim Duncan doing it in the low post, or we're used to Steph Curry at the three-point line. And LeBron's not that kind of player. He's kind of a mix of all of them. Yeah. And we just question it. And then we do that to Steph Curry. I like to appreciate greatness. And I, I do get tired of it sometimes, but I the, the New England Belichick Brady thing, it just it's what every fan base would pay money for their team to have. And you get it for 20 years. Tom had a really good point in this too. Again, I it's really good insight between those two. They do a back and forth after that crying clip. And and Tom says. You know what I hated? I hated that we got so successful that it got boring, and so writers and media members did what? Let's divide. And there was an active attempt to divide them. Hey, Tom's thinking this, and Tom's doing this, and Bill's doing this, and Bill doesn't like the time. And he says it actually made us closer. And I always thought you could see that in the Super Bowl celebration, especially the Atlanta one. It's like that was kind of the height of the Guerrero snake oil salesman Belichick doesn't like this. And then you see him in the post game and they're like crying and they're hugging and (laughs) kissing. And you're like, that's not the look of a, of a group of guys that hate each other. Those are two dudes who have busted their ass and they just had a remarkable comeback in the biggest moment. So uh, yeah, maybe that's why I got a little motion. I like that it ends on good notes in, in moments like that. I just hope, I, I wish
1: that the Tom Brady
2: news cycle was more of a slow drip than a fire
1: hose right now because I, I think there's a lot of people <clears throat> that are suffering from Tom Brady fatigue because he has been at the top of our sports collective minds for the better part of three decades. That he was in the news yesterday, it was all over the place. He's starting at Fox in 2024 because you heard it right here on the fan on Colin Cowherd. He's taking a year off. Like, I just, oh, he's, I don't think he's doing that job. And I hope not. I just, I give me a slow drip. I, just, I This to me would have been more fitting if it came out in like July. If I hadn't thought about Tom Brady for a couple of months and, and this was an interview that took place in the middle of the summer and kind of the dead period of football... I, I think I would be more invested and more interested in it, but the Tom Brady news cycle just will not slow down for a lot of people, and and I think I think there's there's fatigue there. I also saw somebody bring up a great point: if Aaron Rodgers was considering retiring, which maybe that was a thought in the back of his mind going into the off season, he's he can't now because if he retires now, him and Brady would go into the Hall of Fame at the same time, and he would be the afterthought of the Hall of Fame. So he's got to play one more year because you don't want to be in that Tom Brady Hall of Fame class in five years.
2: You know, I'm a big Tom Brady guy. You are. I listen to that clip and I'm like, "Am I going to go to Canton to watch him go to the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Maybe. Of all the players who do it, he would do it, huh? It's, you imagine how expensive goal, that damn ticket would be? Oh, I've heard Canton sucks too as a place to visit. Yeah, just you know. Hey, Your Hall of Fame game though. An important reminder. And a uh, athlete was given this reminder, and I'll tell you what it was about. That's next on the I right, Welcome back in. Dirt and Sprague with you. Jamming out your Nickelback as we do every at 645 every day. got to change the rotator. We're, go- we're going through the same songs again. i got to go change. This is the same song.
1: It's not. We played Photograph
2: yesterday. Yeah, this is Rockstar. This is Rockstar. Oh, okay. They are different. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Distinct, it's the same song. Distinctly different. It's the same different. song. I mean, come on. Come on. The beat, the rhythm, everything. Um, Let's dive into some Super Bowl stuff. Super Bowl. Bobby Marks of ESPN at 730. And then uh, get to a Blazer note at uh, 715. So we'll do a little bit of Super Bowl stuff here. We've talked uh, some throwback stuff, some Belichick Brady stuff. Sometimes guys out there need reminders of important dates on the calendar. With their life. And you would forgive. Guys like Patrick Mahomes for not having certain things at the forefront of their mind of specific holidays. But, Dirt, what is the big holiday in the month of February? It's President's Day, of course. Uh, Is there another one? (laughs) Valentine's Day is coming up. Okay. So we move past celebrating the dead (laughs) slave owners, and we talk about the day of love that so many guys have to shill out for. Speak for yourself. I celebrate Richard Nixon. Oh. If that's not spot on. <laughs> Guy's nickname is Dirt celebrating Nixon. Uh, there is the, the celebration of love is coming up. But Patrick Mahomes is in the Super Bowl. And yesterday at Media Day, he was asked if he knew that that was coming up. Listen to this exchange. Um, I didn't even notice it was it was
1: coming up. So don't tell her I said that. But uh, we, I'll make sure I have some plans now. And I think it's it, – wh- I don't know when it is. Uh, I know it's February 14th. I, just know what day of the win- <laughs> I don't know what day of the – I don't know what day of the – But, it's yeah, I'll make sure to make plans now. I appreciate you reminding me. This dude's the best, man. He's the absolute best. He is. He's the best. I love this guy. (laughs) I I can't get enough of him. I want him to be in the Super Bowl every year just so I can get quotes like that of a press conference.
2: Can we – He's one of one. I want to play this one more time, but I want you to focus on the kind of back end of this where he goes – I, I, I don't even know what day it is now and it, uh. he does like an awkward little chuckle listen um me. I didn't even notice it was it was coming up
1: so don't tell her I said that but uh we I'll make sure i have some plans now and I think it's it, wh- I don't know when it is uh, I know it's February 14th I don't know what day of the <laughs> I don't know what day though but uh it's uh yeah I'll make sure to make plans now I appreciate you reminding me
2: If your stoner friend from Louisiana became good at football, he'd be Patrick Mahomes.
1: (laughs) That needs to be be a drop. That's got to be added to the board.
2: I tried to (laughs) single it out to pull it, Uh but he kind of talks as he's laughing. Oh, damn it, Pat. You got to leave it alone. This is such a good
1: quote, though, because one, Valentine's Day is stupid. It is a made-up holiday for for corporations to make money. (laughs) If you want to celebrate and and enjoy your wife or husband or significant other's company, you could do it on any day. You don't need a holiday to buy them flowers and tell them that you love them. You could do it on a random Tuesday. Anytime you want, you could do it on your anniversary. You could do it on their birthday. There's many days throughout the year. It's a stupid made-up holiday. Also, good for him for not having plans for Valentine's Day. He's playing in the Super Bowl this week. Valentine's Day I believe is sometime next week, the week after the Super Bowl. If I'm winning the Super Bowl, I'm jet-setting to a, a, an island somewhere yes. and you're not going to see me for two months, so there's your Valentine's Day present, It is honey. one week
0: from today.
1: You'll be fine. It's well, a it could very holiday. well be
0: a Parade going through Kansas. Hey, very City. very
2: true. That could be the parade day. <laughs> or he could be at Disney World. I I, yeah. got, I don't know what he's got planned. Or it could be depressed because he lost the game and he's now one and two in Super Bowl. Maybe they go to Home Depot. I don't know. It depends if they have time. I don't know what they're going to do, but I will say he'll be catch up on something. That's all I know. <laughs> got, you know, he, uh his dad smoking this joke barrow, Pat Mahomes Sr. was interviewed at our sister station in Chicago. 670 the score. And they asked him, and they said, "Why did he? Why does he like ketchup on his well-done steak?" And his dad just chuckles and goes, "I don't know. That boy loved ketchup his whole life. <laughs> he just ate ketchup, so we just let him keep eating ketchup." It's <laughs> like he likes ketchup. Man. Amazing quote by Pat Mahomes Senior. There, I don't know, man. He likes ketchup, and uh, he was also asked yesterday, Patrick Mahomes Junior. He was asked about. Uh, impersonations of his voice and he says it's it's one of the more common things that people do with him is they try to impersonate his voice, and he actually likes it he thinks it's funny he likes to see how close people get or how off people are but they think they're close and he was asked who is the best impersonation of your voice and he said believe it or not it's Andy Reid he said, Andy Reid can nail the impersonation of my voice in our locker room every single time. I mean, just like we were talking about with Belichick
1: and getting to know him on a more personal level, like in, in interview settings like that. And somebody texted in about the Sabin Belichick documentary. That was a great one that HBO came out with. Oh, that was a fantastic year piece. or two ago. Yeah. Uh, Andy Reid to me is the same. I, there is a great personality there. You don't get it very often. But I guarantee you if you had like an hour of unfiltered time with Andy Reid, he would make you laugh your ass off. Because he'll have those one-liners from time to time like, what do you want to do if you win? He's like, I want to go eat a cheeseburger. Like, he's, he's a hilarious fat guy, and I love Andy Reid. The the, the, the voice is fun to, to repeat, and one of our p one sexed him, it's amazing that no one has had Patrick do a commercial with the guy that played Farmer Fran and Waterboy. Like, how is that not a Gatorade commercial yet? With him yelling from the sideline with his overalls on, Mahomes on the field. <laughs> Mahomes, <laughs> will you make it? <laughs> what? what? <Huh? laughs> Mahomes, will you make it? Is he yelling <laughs> gibberish back and forth at each other, talking Creole? It'd be great.
2: I love. I love that scene of Joe Dirt. You what? You want to see you what? What? Say that again. <laughs> Uh, Hour number two, Bobby Marks is going to join us of ESPN. We'll get his thoughts on the Blazers trade deadline. Is there a lot out there? Should they swing for the fence? Like, How would Bobby Marks evaluate this thing? He's outside of the window here looking in. How does he feel about what he sees with Portland? We'll get to that coming up at 730. We will talk a little Blazers to 715. We'll get back into some Super Bowl and some college football stuff coming up as well. But we kick off the uh, second hour of the show with another thing on Kansas City and a an important note uh, in the Super Bowl that's happening that we should talk about, and Jalen Hurts addresses it. So uh, we'll get to that next hour number two on the Odyssey app, 99.5 HD2, and Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan.